Welcome to the Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm Dr. Renee Frazier, a psychologist running an advertising firm in Los Angeles. It's Frazier Communications, one of the leading women-owned and women-led agencies in Southern California. And we focus on changing behavior for the good. Some of our campaigns are focused on helping parents know the importance of oral health for young children. Believe it or not, at age one, we're supposed to take our children to the dentist and be wiping their gums. We also have done the Talk, Read, Sing campaign, which is one of the most acclaimed social marketing campaigns, along with advertising about the cessation of smoking, about the, uh, unfortunately, the negative effects of lead in the lead paint in particular that can get in the blood of children and cause cognitive delays and programs for Lexus as well as Toyota. But on my show, Why Women, we focus on why women are so successful and how they lead. I am blessed as an individual to be able to know so many successful women across the country and across the United States that have been able to share their stories. Today, I have a wonderful woman whose name is Robin Owens, and Robin is at Mount St. Mary's University here in Los Angeles. She's the director of the Center for the Advancement of Women. A couple of weeks back, they held an amazing event with about 500 people in attendance where they delivered a report on the status of women. She's going to share some of that with us. Robin, welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Renee. Thank you, Robin. I'm delighted that you could take the time out. I was quite impressed with you and the event itself. The panel had a very interesting uh, discussion, which we'll get into when we talked about meaning and purpose. And I know you focused on that in the work you do and the teaching you do at Mount St. Mary's University. But let's talk first about you, Robin. Tell us your path. How did you get to, to how did you get to Mount St. Mary's? Okay, now, Renee, do you want the long version or the short version of the story? (laughs) (laughs) I think we can hear the relatively long version. We've got about 10 minutes. Go ahead. Okay. You know, I like to to, uh, say the story really began when I was in high school. And when I was in high school, it occurred to me that I had heard my mother say several times throughout my years of growing up. She talked about how she wanted to be a teacher and um, really kind of first go to college and be a teacher, but she did not have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have the opportunity because she grew up in a large family with 13 siblings and the parents could not afford to send them all to college. So she had an older brother. So they thought, well, we'll send the boy to college, the oldest, and we can't really do with the girl who was my mother. Who what a shame. What a shame. I know that that unfortunately happens in families. I've, I've heard that story from from young women in high school still to this day. I'm sorry yep. to hear that. But your mom was clear on what her wishes were. It she, sounds was like very, she, yeah. she was very clear. And their thinking at that time was, well, the boys have to then take care of a family and the women will get married and the, the husband will take care of them. That was the thinking. Right. But I saw that, you know, she was smart. She was a valedictorian of her high school class. And she really had that dream. And she couldn't follow her dream. So she ended up working in a factory for 35 years and hating it. Oh, my gosh. I'm amazed. Uh, But what a shame. And, of course, she raised the family. How many siblings did you have? I had two siblings. Uh, She came from a large family. But I had two siblings. And... When I was in high school, you know, this is the start of the story of how my journey, because I declared in high school that I would always do work 
that was meaningful and purposeful to me uh-huh. because I saw the impact that it had on her when she was not able to do it. She uh-huh. had health issues and mental health issues. And in my high school mind, I attributed to uh, the fact that she couldn't fully express who she was. Oh, my goodness. That's really fascinating. I mean, uh, we know when you stunt people's dreams, right, it can have all kinds of consequences. But I, I'm, I'm impressed that you 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 have this desire to do something meaningful so early in life. I mean, many of us, it's make money and make a living, right? But it was have meaning. How wonderful. And what did that mean? What did you do next after high school? Well, I promptly, by the time I went to college, I promptly forgot. I forgot my declaration or it kind of fell off the path a bit. I didn't know what to do. And I ended up uh, majoring in business and getting a job in a bank, a leadership position, which was um, coveted by people of my age saying, this is the job you go to school for. This is what you went to college for. You're leading people older than you. And this is it. At that time, I was living in Connecticut where I grew up and it was a big bank downtown and you have arrived. And so after being there five years and my body began to resist, in other words, I started getting headaches because I knew I didn't like the job, to say the least. Mm. Nothing wrong with banking, but it just wasn't me. Mm. So when my body reacted like that, it occurred to me, oh, my goodness, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is against who I am. And then that set me on the journey to discover the work that I was meant to do. Ah, so that's wow. I'm impressed. It paid attention to your body, which a lot of us women don't do, right? You could tell that you were unhappy. And may yeah. I ask, were you also married at all during that time or in a relationship? I was not married. I was not married. I had a, um, I don't want to say quite almost an engagement, <laughs> <laughs> unofficial engagement that then later fell through. And I was in my early 20s and um, really in a role of responsibility that most people my age did not have. So what did you do next? Where did you go to find more meaning? A lot of young people will ask me that. How do I find my destiny? How do I find my meaning? I set out on a journey to find it. Hmm. I got a, I had a glimpse of it. I had a glimpse of it in that role. I, um, Although I was in that leadership role, Back then, and they still do now, this organization you might be familiar with, United Way. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. They have what they called a loaned executive program. Mm-hmm. So companies would loan their, quote, executives to the United Way as a contribution. You do the work for United Way for three months and then go back to your position. So during my time at United Way, I realized the stark contrast between it and the work that I was doing at the bank. So let me just uh, share with everyone, United Way is an agency that collects funds uh, from corporations and people and then then gives it to community organizations. I served on the board of United Way for quite a few years. Joe Haggerty was the CEO. Were you there at that time or with Elise Buick? I was in Connecticut still at that time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Tell us what you did. So while I was there, you're right. So part of the loaned executive role was basically to go around to the organizations, give a presentation and ask for funds for United Way. Do a short presentation, but the organizations already had the HR departments kind of set up the whole thing. So in my role, I just had to go in, give the presentation about United Way and then raise funds. But now here's the thing. Interestingly enough, 
about three or four years before this time, I had a personal experience with United Way, unbeknownst to me that it was connected to United Way. Here's what I mean. Hmm. The house I grew up in was completely destroyed by fire. I mean, one day just went up in flames. And my parents owned the house. It was a three-family house. They have these a lot of these in the Connecticut area, mm-hmm. different families. And it looks like one big house on the outside, but there's three units inside. And so just went up in flames, some sort of electrical fire. Oh, goodness. No, I hope no one was hurt. No one was hurt, thank God. I was not there at the time. I was at the mall with a friend. And as we drove closer to the to the house, one of the kids from the neighborhood said, Robin, your house is on fire. Oh, my gosh. So jumped out of the car, ran down the street, the house engulfed in flames. Family standing on the corner. People came around the neighbors and just in shock. And some some kind person came along and said, do you have anywhere to stay for tonight? For tonight? And we said, no. As it turns out, this was a representative of the Red Cross. Oh. And the Red Cross happens to be one of the organizations that the United Way supports. Mm-hmm. So, so we got our, you know, we had time in a hotel for a couple of weeks until we could, you know, move on to another home. And so now fast forward, I'm in this loaned executive program and I have a personal experience with the Red Cross. So I share my experience and in appreciation and then ask for the donation. So probably not surprising that I was out of the 12 loaned executives. I kind of raised most of the funds. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you were passionate and you had your own personal story. That's amazing. I did. And so then the three months were over and I had to go back to the bank. Ah. Then started the headaches and the nosebleeds. I knew that I had touched something that really impacted my soul. And now I was not doing that. Wow. Wow. Robin, it's so in- interesting that you, you know, you touched on your own personal well-being and you looked deep into your soul as such a young person. Uh, I'm going to pause because we're going to be hearing um, traffic and news in just a moment. I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women? And we're talking with Robin Owens, who's the director of the Center for the Advancement of Women at Mount St. Mary's University. And What's remarkable about Robin, she's telling us about her journey, about finding meaning and purpose in her life. And it it derived from her mother, much like my mom, who was unhappy as a housewife in her case. She didn't have the opportunity to finish school. And in Robin's case, her mother hadn't had the opportunity to go to college. And unfortunately, those, those circumstances do put women into certain mental states sometimes. My mom was also troubled, as Robin was sharing. We'll be back in just a minute. Robin, hold hold that thought. I want to learn more about what you did after your experience with United Way, and you could tell the bank was not the right place for you. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're hearing the personal story of Robin Owens, who's the director of the Center for the Advancement of Women at Mount St. Mary's. Robin, tell us now what happened. You went back to the bank, headaches, you said, nosebleeds. You really knew something was wrong, huh? Yes, I knew something was wrong in addition to the fact that on Sunday nights, I just dreaded Monday mornings. Mm. 
just knew that I didn't want to get up and do it. And so one day I just decided I can't take it anymore. I, I just can't take it. I have to leave. And, you know, it took a while to come to that decision because maybe like other women, when other people are thinking highly and have expectations about what you do, sometimes you just kind of want to uh, not disappoint the other people in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. In my case, I just had to do it because my body and my soul wouldn't let me do it any further. So I left the position and young in my early 20s, early mid 20s, with the only plan of making a difference in other people's lives. Well, where did you go next? How did you find that? I mean, quitting without another job, that's courageous. What happened next? It is, it is. <laughs> and I <laughs> i asked my mother because I was still in my 20s. So I asked her if she would buy into this plan. <laughs> if you imagine it took some cool, it <laughs> took a little bit of persuasion <laughs> because in her mind, you don't, you have a good job. You don't leave for right. good jobs. Right. So I said to her, I know I can do it. I, within 30 days, I'll have another position. And I did. And so, but I only had the, my guiding mantra was, I want to make a difference in other people's lives. I looked at the things that worked when I was at United Way for me. And that was this sense of making a difference, but it was also had to do with speaking. And so those are two things that I knew that I wanted to do. And so I found a position and I worked for a company, a privately owned company that helped women on welfare get back into the workforce oh, they were for a while and they did training to help them go back into the workforce. Great, great. So your speaking skills and being a role model, right? Uh, yeah. That was wonderful. How long did you stay there? I stayed there for just under three years and I loved every single moment of it. They called me the, the my title was the pre-employment instructor <laughs> and I loved it. However, that <laughs> was a privately owned company. They had some financial instability. Uh-oh. So it was very difficult to stay focused when we didn't know how long the business would really be sustainable. Sure. So although I loved the work itself, I felt like I needed some more financial stability. So I decided to leave there, but I didn't leave until I had another position this time. And during my last week there, one of the women in the program, now this was way back, way back in the 90s. And it was at a time when Nelson Mandela was just released from prison. Mm -hmm. And so one of the women in the it was that was a part of the program gave me a newspaper clipping. And back then, the newspaper clippings were more of a thing. And they had the, <laughs> right. like, the cartoons, you know, kind of images that really told stories. Yes. Mm -hmm. so there was a, a comic strip that she cut out from the newspaper and it had two images side by side, two blocks side by side with Nelson Mandela. One image, the first image had Nelson Mandela. The drawing of him was very, he was very thin and very weak and going into prison. The second panel had a drawing of him, Nelson Mandela, looking like he was a bodybuilder and muscular and leaving prison. Wow. And the woman handed this drawing that she, the, the cutout from the newspaper, and she handed it to me. And she said, I want you to have this because this represents what you did for me. Oh, wow. How touching, Robin. You really yeah. changed her life, made her feel stronger, made her feel capable. And that was, of course, the intent behind the programs. Wow. That's so touching. Yes. Yes. What and did you do next? How did you uh, take this, 
you, you really saw your superpower, right? Being able to talk to other people, be a presenter, yeah. a speaker, and help empower women. Early on, you saw that. Yes, and it was such a joy. And so it was it was bittersweet to leave, but the financial security was was important to me. And mm-hmm. so now I still had my mantra, I want to make a difference. For those, and I'm still relatively young. And so for those two plus years, I had to always dress like I was on a job interview because I was a role model. Right. So now my guiding mantra was, I want to make a difference and I don't want to wear a suit and pantyhose and heels. (laughs) (laughs) And ideally, I would love to have a position where I could wear jeans. So I was talking to one of my friends about this new mission that I have. I want to make a difference and do all these things and wear jeans. And she was a manager in a rental apartment. And she said, you know, there was a social worker who came into my office and she had on jeans. I was like... She had on jeans? <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, well, let me check that out. Well, that's and, what, those were the days, right? Right. It was yeah. unusual. Now we can wear jeans to work most of the time. We could go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And after two years of wearing, you know, suits, it was too, too much for me. So I ended up applying for a social work position that was in Connecticut still. So it was for the state of Connecticut. And I actually got the job investigating um, cases of child abuse and neglect. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a hard job to have. You know, I probably should fast forward, Robin, a little bit to getting to California. How did you come to California? Yes. So I got to California after the after I left the social work position. I decided to go back to graduate school, got my Ph.D. uh, in California at Claremont Graduate University. And with the Ph.D., the plan was to teach in a university. And so then now I teach at Mount St. Mary's University in Los Angeles. Oh, that's great. I mean, I'm, you know, I have my Ph.D. in psychology and I, I know how they they train us to be teachers. And I think, though, when I, I think of you and your story, it also gave you an opportunity to, uh, to help people, right? Give them purpose and meaning. And when I think of Mount St. Mary's, I mean, what a perfect environment. Why did you choose Mount St. Mary's or did they choose you? A combination. You're really good. You picked up on that, Renee. <laughs> While I was working in my at my finishing up my PhD, a colleague mentioned Mount St. Mary's. I was in Claremont, which is about 35 miles from east of LA. I hadn't heard of Mount St. Mary's. And she said, Why don't you come and do a workshop over the summer? Because I think you really appreciate the students and campus, just in general. It was just for a summer. And when I went for the summer, I fell in love with the campus, the faculty, the students, every everything about it. But I was not quite done with my PhD, and you might remember those days. When oh yes, the writing of the dissertation. Yeah, <laughs> last step, right? Kind of never ending, or you just don't know when the end's going to be automatically, right? Right. And so then I went back to finish my dissertation after that summer, and step, fast forward several months later, time to start thinking about because I'm almost done now thinking about. Where would I like to teach? Where would I? I was like, huh, if I could teach anywhere, it would be at Mount St. Mary's. I really love that place. <laughs> Even though I was right there at the Claremont, the prestigious Claremont College. Very so, prestigious. And there's a whole series of schools in Claremont, Scripps and others. So lots of opportunities there, I'm sure, as well. But you you sought out Mount St. Mary's, it sounds like. I mean, I love the fact that you're living your life with intention, right, with specific goals in mind. Yes. And so I just went on the on the website one random Thursday and there it was 
Oh. Tenure track position in religious studies at Mount St. Mary's University. Oh, fantastic. Wow. What <laughs> what a great story. I love it. I mean, Robin, really, and, and as I said, living with intention, it, it's hard sometimes to have the courage to do that. You know, we get stuck in a job or we figure we've got to pay rent. Uh, you know, we've got our children's soccer lessons, et cetera. We can't, you know, break the suit. But you went after what you knew was great for you. And uh, tell us about teaching at Mount St. Mary's. What classes do you teach? What 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 do you love about the students? I love so much about the students, but the Mount St. Mary's is maybe not so so unique in this, but a, a large population of the students, they're first generation college students. That's so exciting. now this is back to my mother's story, mm-hmm. you know, first time college students. So, you know, their parents didn't, weren't able to go to college. And so I appreciate having the opportunity to teach those particular students. And you asked me about, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm curious uh, what what you actually. So the students are wonderful. I I said I heard that the majority of them it's their, they're the first member of their family to go to college, which can be challenging. Then right, all the and and in many cases you've got family members who need you. So it's also hard because you've got to focus in on your studies. Um, but it sounds like the students are wonderful there. What kind of classes do you teach? Well, I'm, as a faculty member, I am in the religious studies department where I primarily teach world religions, but I also teach a first year seminar class classes, which are the classes that students have to take in their first year as in uh, one part of it. The first semester is an introduction to college, basically, and the second class, the second semester is a more specialized um, topical class where I get to focus on how to have more meaning and purpose. Oh, know. so there's that meaning and purpose right there in your in your in, in the work that you're doing. I love that. It's been a theme right throughout your life, Robin. I want to I want to ask you more about the Center for the Advancement of Women, how that came about, and what it does. We'll do that in our next uh, segment. We're going to break in just a moment for traffic again and for news. I want to remind people that you're listening to the Dr. Renee Fraser Show. Why women? And we're talking with the wonderful, I should say, Dr. Robin Owen, who is a professor at Mount St. Mary's University. Stay tuned to learn about what she's doing around meaning and purpose, both at the conference that she runs, I'm sure in the leadership development that she does, in her podcast we'll hear more about, and at the Center for the Advancement of Women. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're talking about meaning and purpose in our lives. And our guest today, Dr. Robin Owens, who's a professor at Mount St. Mary's University, has told us how throughout her life she's driven, been driven by the need for meaning and purpose. And now she instills that in others at Mount St. Mary's University, which is a women's college, one of the only, and certainly the only one in Los Angeles. I myself went to Mills College and uh, Robin is going to tell us about some of the statistics around women in our world today. But also, we know that women who go to women's schools, universities and colleges have a high probability of being a leader in their life. And in case of the case of Robin, she was a leader very early. Robin, tell us now about the Center for the Advancement of Women, how that got started. And, and I know you're the director of the program. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the center does. Yes, the Center for the Advancement of Women at Mount St. Mary started back in 2017. And the idea is and started as and continues to be a hub for gender equity research, 
advocacy, and leadership development. So those are the three primary uh, pieces. Right, we call those pillars when we we do a brand positioning. I love that. Let me say them again. Gender equity, I heard leadership development, and what was the third one? Advocacy. 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 Yeah. Great. Yes. And the first one was gender equity research. So that's that's how you met us through the research that we did, and then we revealed the findings of the research at that recent event that you mentioned in the event was called the report on the status of women and girls in California. And this is a, this has been done uh, annually. I think there was maybe one pause during the, the pandemic, but I was very impressed at the event. She said there were four or 500 people and the research that was shared was done very succinctly with PowerPoint and then a wonderful report. One of the things that was disconcerting, and, and I think many of us have heard the news about this, is that the fact that women are paid less than men. You know, I've been watching this for a long time. There's a wonderful economist at Berkeley, Laura Tyson, who's written about this. Around the world, we see this phenomena. Sadly, around the world, women are paid 54 cents for every dollar a man makes. And Tyson and her colleague Parker have really been able to elaborate the ways in which women are kept in their place and not paid equal to men. But that's more of a a, a global perspective. Could you give us the numbers and how does this break down in the United States? Yes, the report was focused on California, on women and girls in California. So the wage gap in California is for every dollar white men earn, white women earn 81 cents. 81? 81 cents. Got it. And I know it's much worse, though, for Latinas and Black African-American women, right? Yes, Asian women earn 80 cents, African-American women earn 63 cents, and Latinas earn 45 cents. 45 cents. Every dollar. That's crazy. And, you know, to put that in perspective, having done some of this work, and I've looked at this when I was on the United Way board that you kindly mentioned all the great work that United Way does. You know, they've looked at this in terms of, for example, a woman who might be a housekeeper at a, at a hotel or a motel, hotel, and a, and a man is a parking attendant or a janitor. So there's a similar job status, but the woman is paid 54 cents in the case of Latinas. Uh I'm sorry, 45 cents, you said, versus a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's it's so discouraging. 63 cents for on the dollar for African-American, 80 cents for Asian-American women, and 81% cents for Caucasian women. Uh, do you see this changing much? Did the report show any positive shift? Only in a few cents in terms of this gate wage gap. Right, so we're not seeing uh, the the gap close. And I have to say, you know, I've been uh, focused on women and advocacy for women and girls for 20 years, and I have not seen much change with these numbers. It's uh, extremely discouraging. But I know that we are making progress. Would you share some of the highlights from the report? Yes. Now, let me say one of the highlights in terms of progress. Please. And women, California women, they're charting their own course to economic security and employment independence because California is the home to the largest number of women-owned businesses yeah. in the United States. I love it. 
Yeah, and Los Angeles, I think, is the hub of that. Um, I'm a part of the National Association of Women Business Owners, and I, uh, I own my own firm. I started it 23 years ago, or 25 years ago it's going to be this year. And I'm amazed uh, at, at the number of colleagues and friends I have who started their own businesses. I'm really glad to hear that we lead the nation. That's exciting for California. So that's a sign of progress. Thank you for sharing that. Any other signs of progress you can share? Well, that was the that was the biggest piece of progress because the other ones we had the three kind of areas of focus: economic security. The second one was home and family, and then the third was health. And uh -huh. the numbers is still, you know, not as much uh, uplifting data as what we just talked about in terms of uh, women-owned businesses. For example, um, thirteen percent of California women lost their job in twenty and twenty twenty one. 13% of California women lost their job. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's terrible. In the, uh, it definitely during the pandemic, it changed everything and it made it so clear uh, that women hold down the fort at home and they make that their priority. And sadly, it was most felt by women of color, as I, yes. as I recall. Yes. Yes. As is the way with all the, all the statistics. And in terms of home and family, overall, 9% of California's family households experience poverty. But for households headed by women with no spouse present, the poverty rate more than doubled to 21%. Oh, my goodness. One out of five households headed by women live in poverty. That's so sad. Uh, really a serious problem. You know, one of the things that we work on at Frazier is uh, the earned income tax credit. And that's for any household that makes 30000 or less. They can get money back on their taxes, actual cash in hand. Mm -hmm. And then also the child tax credit, which mm -hmm. we're also advocating for. This is the uh, a Golden State Opportunity client trying to get more money back in the hands because uh, when women lead households on their own, just three five hundred seven hundred dollars that can make a big difference right yes absolutely absolutely so that's wonderful that you're doing i'm that. glad you shared that tell us about health what are the issues that were raised in the report related to health well we know covid19 had its impact and it had life expectancy for both women and men uh, were impacted by that so the life expectancy for all californians shortened oh my 80.9 years in 2019 to 79. Oh, so a year. Yeah, people are going to die earlier. And of course, with the yeah. death rate as a result of COVID-19, unfortunately, I think it drove those averages down. And of course, we have long COVID. Well, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Um, I, I don't even know if I should be calling these highlights, but uh, please, what else was uh, what else was covered? Yeah, the, and they're not uh, highlights, they're highlighted findings. Got it. I appreciate that. Highlighted yeah. findings. What Share with us a couple of others. Yeah, okay, I'll just uh, mention two more, because you mentioned about um, basically mothers and uh, housework. Um, so housework and children remain the mother's domain. Maybe that's not surprising. Um, but even among the families where the mother is employed, 77% of the mothers say they have the primary responsibility for housework. Yes. 61% yes. have primary responsibility for childcare. Yeah. Yeah, I think it falls on women. I, I saw that, you know, running my own company, one of the reasons I do that, I, my workforce is about two-thirds women. Mm -hmm. And uh, it means, you know, I know 
they need to stay home or take the kids to the dentist or whatever it is. And I, of course, it goes for women and men that they're able to take time off. We, we let everybody work remotely and give them that flexibility. But in the self-reporting that I hear, I hear it many, many more times from the women than I do from the men. You know, And uh, I, I see what you're saying with that data, that the, the women are taking on the household responsibilities, cleaning the house, getting the food, and then also raising the children. I know during the pandemic, women really stepped up for the education of their children and the well-being. But uh, I suspect the other finding might also have to do with mental health. We've been reading about the mental illness and mental health issues that have come to the fore after the pandemic. Yes, yes. And something that we might not think about that the report highlighted uh, that, and we all know this, we know that sleep is healing, but yet three in 10 California women report they get insufficient sleep. Oh, my goodness. And we know how healthy and how important that is. Uh, the research has really shown how sleep uh, allows you to deal with stress, anxiety. And it, if you don't get enough sleep, it can shorten your life. And I'm sorry to hear that. Almost one out of three are not, are feeling like they don't get sleep. And I, I don't know if you're like me, Robin, but it's because we have lots on our minds, right? doing we're doing all the things and so yes taking yeah. care of thinking about that appointment for the kids and, and have i got the summer activities arranged and and did i make enough time for doing this thing for work yeah i think when you're balancing that many things it, it certainly impacts your sleep and i i'm fascinated by this report i it, it's available on the website is that right yes you can just google mount saint mary's university advancement for the center of women Wonderful. Center for the Advancement of Women. Center, Center for, the for the Advancement of Women. And then this is a report on the status of, Calif of, status of girls, of women and girls in California that they would be able to find. I I brought my copy home and I'm using it regularly. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Robin. We're going to hold on for the next segment. I want to be able to talk about your podcast, this leadership with purpose and with meaning. I think your life exemplifies it, but I'd like our listeners to be able to change Take home some tips on what they should be doing, how they find the right meaning in their lives, and to have the courage to live for those uh, those moments and, and to demonstrate the leadership and the, the commitment they have to making a difference in the world. That's why I started my own company, Robin. I, I, I decided I had to change a few things, and I'll tell that story when we come out of the break. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're talking with Dr. Robin Owens, who's director of the Center for the Advancement of Women at Mount St. Mary's University. We were just talking about Robin's focus on meaning and purpose throughout her life. And I mentioned that uh, I admire her so much because she saw this early on. I didn't realize it really as early as I should have. And I said I would briefly share my own story. I uh, grew up in a household where I was the oldest, which usually means you follow in the footsteps of your parents and you're very achievement oriented. And I was, but I was planning to be a lawyer. I went to uh, my dad's business and he was in the advertising business. And I remember coming out of that at 16 or 17 saying, I'm never going to be in advertising. Those people should be fixing the world. Why aren't they solving poverty and helping to make education fair for everyone? So I think, like Robin, I was focused on having meaning and impact, but 
lo and behold, I ended up going into the advertising business. And when I did, I was doing research in psychology after I got my PhD. I worked on Sega video games. I worked on Kawasaki motorcycles. I worked on uh, beer. I worked on uh, uh, rockets. And I realized after I'd run the Pacific region for about four years that I had actually not been making the world a better place maybe with what I was selling and advertising. And I decided to start my own company. And my dad said, I thought you were going to try to change things, Renee. What happened to that? You thought creative people could help with education, make it more fair and reduce poverty. Why aren't you doing that? So sure enough, when I started my own business, I decided to focus on work with purpose and only accept projects where we really felt we were making a positive difference in people's lives. So Robin, back to you. That's my story of how I found meaning and purpose in the work that I do. And I'm very fortunate because I've attracted 25 uh, colleagues who work with me who feel the same way. And of course, it's a wonderful, I feel very gratified and very blessed to have all the folks. Now you've, you've focused on this with your podcast and with your books. So uh, tell me first about the podcast, how people can learn about it and, and what your, what your, what your intention and goal is behind it. Okay. And I have to just say again, I just love your story, Renee. Oh, thank you. Sharing that. (laughs) The name of my podcast is Leadership Purpose with Dr. Robin. Mm. Leadership Purpose with Dr. Robin. And the idea is, uh, it really is to support what I call high achieving women. Now, let me tell you what I mean by high achieving, high achieving women, women who are ambitious, professional, responsible in their professional lives and their personal lives. People come to them. They're doing all the things and they're good at lots of things. And so it looks easy to other people. Uh. And so they don't really always get the support because nobody really thinks they need any. Ah. Uh. That's a really good point, Robin. It's part of also <clears throat> the way you're supposed to look, right? You're supposed to look like it's easy and you can get it done, particularly if you're leading an organization. You know, you're supposed to be the cheerleader and, and very positive, but we all have needs. And so how do you support that with the podcast? Yeah, so I thought, well, who supports them? Well, let me talk to other high-achieving women. We've learned from our experiences and we can speak to each other. So I interview the woman I just described, and no matter what area of work she's in, business or professional, lots of people are business owners, so that come on the podcast, and they share about their experience, and then they leave some advice, either from their professional life or their personal experience for other high-achieving women. I love it. I love it. You know, it's, uh, I, I think that women uh, don't often get to talk about the mistakes they made and the choices. And I, I know as my owning my own company, it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. And a lot of my advice comes from my own mistakes. I, I'm curious, when you talk to these high-achieving women, what, 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 what emerges as, a, of, uh, as advice? What are the ones that you remember the most? Yeah, and very similar to what you said just now, and oftentimes is ask for help. Mm-hmm. They would have asked for help because we're kind of thought to not, you know, kind of put in a role where you're supposed to look like you don't need help and you don't always ask for help. And so that one comes up more than most, I would think. 
That I believe, and it's one of mine, <laughs> you know, yeah. I early on. And, you know, when I ran that Bozell office, this was in the early 2000s, all I had around me were men, role models, right? And I was, you know, the first woman to, to run an office in their system. And they, it, they all looked like they were, like, confident and striding. And, you know, it's you just felt like that was – and since I was, like, pointedly the only woman, if I had to ask, it sounded like I was weak. So, but it isn't true, right? Asking for help doesn't mean you're weak. Yes, it's the opposite, especially now we realize that the importance of having support of others – uh, like we had been mentioning the report on the status of women and girls event, yeah. just yeah. the idea of having other women in the same room who are thinking about and talking about similar issues. It, up, yeah. it really, it uplifts you. It really does. I think it's uplifting and it's, uh, it's important for women to get that from each other. That's one of the reasons I'm part of these groups, like the Women Presidents Organization and NABO. Being able to hear another woman say, it's hard to keep my employees happy, and uh, I worry about making payroll. You know, the things that you can't necessarily talk about with your colleagues, but you can talk about. They always say it's lonely. Well, it, it's true, and asking for help and hearing from others really, really helps people. Is there any unusual interview that stands out in your mind from your podcast? That's a good question. Unusual? Well, um, it's pretty consistent along those themes, but fresh on my mind is the recording that we did, the live recording for the podcast at the event that we've been talking about throughout this conversation, the report on the status of women and girls, and I had the opportunity uh, to interview Malika Chopra. So that was different for me in that it was recorded in front of a live audience and also then going out on my podcast, and we had the opportunity to talk I, about purpose. I like that. I, I was going to ask you about that. <clears throat> Just for the listeners, the, the focus really became finding meaning and purpose. And, and Malika openly talked about how it's hard. You know, as a mom, you get up, you make breakfast, you have to make sure the kids get out the door with the lunches, and then you go and you speak in front of 500 people. <laughs> <laughs> she was showing how human she is, right? And, 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 the, and yet finding purpose. And she actually took us through an exercise. Do you remember? She did take us through a meditation exercise to quiet our minds, uh, to help us reconnect in those times when we need to center. I thought that was wonderful. And I really enjoyed her talking about finding your purpose. Uh, She's the daughter of Deepak Chopra, correct? Correct. He's a well-known author and teacher and leader. Yes. Yes. And uh, so meditation and uh, focus and and goal setting and purpose have been a part of her life. I thought it was really interesting that she's followed that as her path as opposed to something else. Uh, It sounded like though she, she really wanted to encourage others to find purpose. And I think uh, I, th- I think everybody in the gr- in the room was touched. How could people find your podcast? They can find my podcast on all the places where you find podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the places. And just go go there to the app and look up Leadership Purpose with Dr. Robin. I love it. I love it. Now, Robin, I also know that you're finishing or working on your second book. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, this book is one of my favorite top topics. And the title of the book is called Making Purpose-Based Decisions. Ah, I saw that on the website when I was looking for you. Making Purpose-Based Decisions. Can you give us a tidbit and an idea of what that means and how you're going to tell us that story? 
Okay. And I, it's an inspirational guide to more meaning and purpose in your work, right? So your business, your life, career. All right. And it stems from, it chronicles the story that I, I mentioned from my early years with my mother up until my time at Mount St. Mary's. So when the, the moment I found the formula to always stay in alignment with my purpose, I turn it into a system, like a true academic. I turn it into <laughs> a system, and I call it the purpose-based decision-making system. I like that, purpose-based. I know that uh, one of the exercises I've done in group sessions that I go back to is I've written down my values, what I think is most important to do with my life. And when I have to make a tough decision, I pull those out, and I think about how it's going to contribute to that, uh, to make my decision. Is, is what you're talking about something similar or very different? Similar. Of course, Renee, you're right on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead, Robin, please. You're, you're right on it. So I, I just ask people to ask them, ask themselves four questions and you've already touched on one. And again, this came from my years of that whole journey of 20 plus years of trying to find how to have purpose in my life, and now how to keep it and stay in alignment with it. So ask yourself four questions. The first one is, when you're making a decision about, you know, which way should I go? Should I do this thing or that thing? Here's the first question. Is there something in this that involves something I love, mm. something I'm passionate about? That's the first question. The second one, to your point, Renee, is there something in this that involves something that really matters to me, mm -hmm. my values. Third question, is there an opportunity in this to use one of my natural abilities, mm -hmm. something that comes naturally to me? That's three. The fourth question, is there an opportunity for me to combine all three of these passions, values, and natural abilities? Is there an opportunity for me to combine these and use them in service to someone or something beyond myself. I love it, Robin. That was really beautiful. I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast so I can remember those. And I can't wait for the book. Sounds like it'll be out at the end of the year or maybe early in 24. Yes, absolutely. All right. And remind us one more time, Robin, I'm going to have to wrap up, but give us the podcast name again. The podcast is Leadership Purpose with Dr. Robin. Ah, wonderful. Leadership Purpose with Dr. Robin. Well, you've been listening to Renee, Dr. Renee Frazier. I'm delighted to be able to share this show, Why Women. I've learned so much. We've had Robin Owens on. She is the director of the center, the Center for the Advancement of Women at Mount St. Mary's University. Go to the website, look at the report, and look up Robin and her podcast. That's a wonderful, wonderful lesson that you taught us in terms of decision-making, right? with purpose. And I will remember that. Robin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Renee. It's been a joy to have this conversation with you. Well, I've really enjoyed it. I hope to have you on again. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why women have a great week ahead. You know, you can find our podcast on my website, fraziercommunications.com. Enjoy the week.